0: Welcome back to What It's Really Like to Be an Entrepreneur. I'm Vincent A. Lancey.
1: And I'm Evan Sutter.
0: Whether you're already an entrepreneur, are looking to start your journey tomorrow, or are just someone who needs a little extra motivation to get through the day, this is the perfect podcast for you. Each week, I interview a different entrepreneur from across the globe. I will continue to offer episodes in all industries to provide you with many different perspectives. You never know which motivational journey will inspire you most. Each guest will take you through their story and help you learn from their successes and lessons learned. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate the show five stars and continue listening by subscribing. My guest on the show today is a Forbes 30 Under 30 recipient and is streaming from Newcastle, Australia. He is an author, social entrepreneur, and humanist who has forged a reputation as an engaging and thought-provoking speaker, coach, and consultant. He has now addressed global audiences of all backgrounds at conferences, corporate offices, summits, schools, and more. Today's guest was also asked to speak at the Happiness Journey in Dubai in 2019. He is the founder of Hapsley, where their vision is to connect the power of happy business with the power of happy customers to increase the happiness of all living beings. He has an incredible story to share. It includes living three months in a hut in the forests of a monastery with his monk brother, 10 years stuck in the pleasure trap, being diagnosed with temporal lobe epilepsy from repeated concussions as a rugby league player and surviving a shooting in New Orleans. I'm excited to learn all your perspective and value. Allow me to please introduce Evan Sutter. Evan, thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: Great to be here, Vincent. Wonderful introduction and looking forward to um, having a little chat tonight.
0: Me as well. Would you mind please introducing yourself a little further to our listeners without giving just too much away of that entrepreneurial journey?
1: Yeah, so I guess that journey started, as you mentioned, in the, um, hut, of the uh, hut in the forest of a Buddhist monastery, a little bit of solitude and a chance to sort of um, re-examine my life and, you know, um, yeah, really assess what was important in my life. Um, I came back, wrote a book about that, experiences about solitude, slowing down, meditation, different tools we can use to, you know, you know to increase your happiness in your life. And I guess from there it just flowed into different talks of running different events and then um, flowing in right into, um Absolutely, which is the social enterprise, um, sort of using the power of business as a vehicle to make more change. So, I guess you'd say, yeah, social entrepreneur, working as an author, speaker in you know, a few different mediums to spread happiness and well-being.
0: Well, I think the outlook you have on life right now is going to be contagious to everybody listening on. That correct mindset, staying focused and slowing down. As entrepreneurs, we're all guilty of going a little too fast sometimes. So, yeah, I think man, it's a tricky, a tricky balance. Mm. <laughs> It certainly is. I think it's a great time to jump into the big five here, Evan, on each episode. My guest and I will go over these five questions to help you, the listeners, learn what it really is like to be an entrepreneur. you ready to go?
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: Great. So when did you realize that you either weren't happy with what you were doing or you needed some kind of change to truly start this entrepreneurial journey? Please share your story.
1: Yeah, there's probably, um, probably two sides um, to, to that question. Um, one being the organic journey, you know, spending that time in the monastery and coming back and 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 writing a book to sort of plant some seeds to get people to look at things a little bit differently, to look at the many different ways to live a life. And from there, I sort of got invited to do talks at schools and at companies and at conferences. And I started running different events. So one was, you know, soft sand walking meditations on, on Australia's famous beach here, Bondi, to um, teach people different skills to you know, take control of their emotions and, and, and boost their well-being. Um, and that sort of flowed organically. And then it was, you know, the events got a little bit bigger and I started, um, you know, getting involved in different social initiatives. So I started an, an education initiative in Bogota, Colombia, where children illustrated some of my children's stories to learn English in a, you know, fun and dynamic way. And it was that and a social enterprise that I worked on in Brazil, um, but it made me realise that you know business can be a big driver for change um, and can and improve the quality of life for billions of people in all corners of the globe. And, and those kids in Bogota it didn't matter if they had you know read all the self help books on happiness and they didn't have opportunities for decent work, command over mature resources, social trust, good governance, you know things like that that business can play a big role in. Um, their, their you know chances that happiness would always be limited. So it was it was that. Um, it sort of flowed on organically but then also at the same time was probably the first time that I had alignment in um, purpose, meaning, challenge, creativity and also the freedom to to really work on these projects that inspired me in my own time and in my own way so it was probably you know that organic sort of just you know getting invited to do these things as a result of my experiences but also you know really having a you know real sense of like you know inspiration to to be able to do those things which in my previous roles in a traditional 9 to 5 um I never really got you know so you mentioned
0: Colombia we know you're out in Australia explain to our listeners how you planted seeds all the way over there and got going
1: um that was you know again just um being open I guess to new possibilities i was traveling through central and south america i um so i started up in cuba and then jumped over to mexico and did a little surf trip through central america down to um uh down to panama and jumped over into colombia and um on those adventures, met a, um, a pair of um, international teachers and I was talking about my experience as a writer and some of the projects that I was working on and they, and they um, said that, you know, that children's story would be wonderful for, for the kids there at the school they were working, working at. They were working at a public school there in, in Bogota and, you know, it's something like 99% of kids there leave school at age 14 so they, they keep the cycle of poverty turning so they um, really need to get involved in lifelong learning and it needs to go beyond just having resources of books and, and things like that. It really needs um, for them to actually want, it, want to learn and, and enjoy it and um, be engaged by it in, in a really creative way. So that was the whole, um, I guess, aim with creating that project. And um, that's how it sort of flowed on from there.
0: Man, you're inspiring me tremendously. I admire how you're doing so many great philanthropic deeds. But now that you've been on this entrepreneurial path here, Evan, what are one or two of the most difficult parts of being an entrepreneur for you?
1: Yeah, man, it's definitely a challenging experience. I'm um, definitely rewarding. Um, I think the biggest thing initially, and also, you know, at many stages of the business is um balancing that financial side of things with um, you know, living living life, you know, it can be very tricky. Um, um it takes a while to get things off the ground, make some money, bring things in. Um you know um, to allow you to keep on spending time working on those projects because you know that that project in Bogota for example I didn't make any money from that but it takes time it takes energy it takes effort Um, so how you find that balance um, to you know keep the money coming but also allow you to work on the things that you're really passionate and inspired about and I think that's um you know there's no you know one way to do that it's about finding a balance it also allows you to still find joy in your life too like still cultivate good relationships and and not come at the detriment of everything else. Right. Cause you know, if your health suffering and your relationships and stuff like that, it can be, you know, um, super tricky, super tricky. And, um, you know, I think it's, um, you know, being aware of all those other things, right. But it is a holistic, there's so many different layers to our well-being. it's health, it's relationships, family, friends, and, 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 and the financial side of things. So, um, that's one of the biggest challenges of being an entrepreneur and it's something that I've, you know, had to wrestle with many, many times along the journey. Yeah,
0: well, a couple great points you made there. Time and energy, they're just as exhausting as money, if not more so. Our mm-hmm. time is limited. We all know the Steve Jobs quote, right? But seriously, how we spend that day is super important because you don't get that time back. And you also touched on health being essentially wealth, the way I put it. If things mm-hmm. aren't going well and your health isn't right, what really matters? So I really enjoy that first part of being, that first difficult part of being an entrepreneur. But what's one more for us, Evan?
1: Um, again, and again, I think it flows on, um, right from that is, um, you know, it's challenging and it's uncertain too. So there's that element of fear comes into place and it's, um, you know, it's hard not to look down into the future and see what's coming next. And a lot of times like, um, you know, some business models are more tricky than others and mine was certainly a little bit idealistic. So, um, it was really tough, um, you know, getting things happening and getting rolling. So. I'm um, just playing in that uncertainty, learning to not realize that, you know, it's part and parcel of the job. And, and as you know, you know, that uncertainty allows you to, to build really cool things and also create that great freedom in your life. So, you know, that, you know, managing that fear and not getting too far ahead of yourself and, you know, whether that's a little practices you can implement into your life, whether it's meditation, whether it's slowing down, whether it's going for a walk, drinking coffee with friends, little things like that, little tricks and things to, you know, just center yourself back in a life and not get too far down the road. And yeah.
0: I love the way you put that you have to take a break. I mean, I learned through trial and error that that was the case over the years of entrepreneurship, finding myself during my first book, I wrote, you know, the 15 hour days regularly between all the jobs, 20 hour days. And eventually I said, this isn't gonna, I can't sustain this much longer. But you're talking about getting the ball rolling on projects. Obviously, there's a lot of learning involved when doing so. What is one of your greatest failures or lessons learned? And what did it teach you? Why is it still stuck with you all the way until today?
1: Um, yeah, um, I think, you know, we talk a lot about like finding alignment and skill sets, like with with early co-founders or partners or collaborators. But I think one thing that I neglected in a in, a, in an initial company was um their failure to align values on on a human level, you know, right. is the person you're working with kind and loving, compassionate, generous, respectful? Because, you know, as we just mentioned, like starting a business is super tricky. It goes ups and up and down, ebbs and flows. It's super, challenge, super, super challenging. Um, so you really want to spend your time with someone who you actually enjoy the company with, right? And, um, and also who is kind and loving and sweet. And um, I think I sort of, um, while it's imperative to you know, have those, the balance of skill sets, it's also imperative to actually really enjoy the company or the person you're working with. And um, I think that's something that a lot of people neglect. And if you're going to be spending a whole lot of time working on your projects, you want to be doing it with someone you really enjoy. And I think that really brings your projects to life a lot more too, because, you know, you know, when you're in a really good place, you're more creative, you're more fresh, fresh ideas and, and things sort of work a little bit better. So um, probably that, you know, really spending more time on, you know, finding the right people to work with and not just focusing on what they can give you in terms of like how they can grow the business, but also in, you know, how much joy is going to come from it.
0: I love the theme of your episode kind of developing here in quality of life. The people you're surrounding yourself with, the way you're spending your days, how to slow down. So that leaves me very intrigued to who your next answer is going to be for, if you could choose to have a conversation, learn from any entrepreneur dead or alive, who are you picking?
1: Yeah, man, I've, um, I've always been fascinated by Yvonne Chouinard at Patagonia. So um, I read his book, Let My People Go Surfing, about eight years ago. And, um, I was just really inspired by how he created this really values driven organization and um how a lot of the things he's implemented have always come back to his to his values and in his and his interests and his passions. um you know he started the company because he wanted to create pitances that didn't ruin the rock faces for future generations, and I think that sort of values stayed with him you know throughout the creation of his business and and at times it was probably at the detriment to the financial side of things, like switching from damaging industrial-grown cotton to 100% organically grown cotton, um, you know, started one percent for the planet, donating, you know, one percent of sales to carefully chosen environmental nonprofits, like that kind of stuff, um, is pretty inspiring. And also, that's something that's st- stuck with him over the, you know, building this company from into a billion-dollar company. It's not like, you know, those core values haven't shifted. And um, and I think on a personal level, is still super inspired and and putting a lot of his time into making impactful choices that make the world a little bit better. So, you know, you can create a great business with, with purpose and, you know, that's important.
0: That's why I was intrigued on your choice for this question, because I knew it would be someone of the likes of that choice. But let's delve a little deeper here. As you know, because you've listened to some episodes, where is this meeting going to take place?
1: um <laughs> i think um i know he's a bit of a surfer and a stand-up paddleboarder so i think their offices are in california ventured so we have to probably take place over a surf and a hike maybe a little bit of climbing you know so um yeah out in nature i think that's um where his business is born and um i think that's where i take a lot of inspiration for hapsley and and the reason why i'm passionate about you know um creating tools and initiatives that spread a little bit of happiness
0: Love it. Well, let's look into the future here, Evan. We're going to look one year and five years out. Where do you see yourself and all of your entrepreneurial endeavors one year from today?
1: Yeah, in one year, I guess at the moment, you know, really trying to build a good platform of like happy businesses so we can recognize and highlight the businesses doing really good things. So i like to um, work and collaborate with a whole range of really cool businesses and, and build that up and also build the awareness on the consumer side. So, um, you know, it's easy for them to recognize these businesses that are doing cool things. So um you know i got the idea like you know where we spend our time and money shapes the world so i think the bigger the platform for businesses on board and the more consumer awareness we can um you know make more positive impact so in a year from now um yeah just a whole range of cool cool business to keep growing that side of things and then yeah um taking initiatives like the kids of bogota there in columbia and um you know trying to recreate that in an indigenous um school here in australia so really um you know, take that education initiative and, and grow that also. So, um, yeah, man, in a year, now, year from now, um, obviously things change and shift, so, and, you know, you get close to landing different deals that you think will take you down this direction and then end up going down a different path. Um, yeah, just being open to all those different things, right? Um, um, you need the conditions outside to align and um, just still, you know, being healthy, happy, creating joy and um, working for some really cool people and getting to meet cool people like yourself.
0: Absolutely. I mean, that's a story of entrepreneurship. Really, you have one deal, you think you're going one way, and it just completely goes in a whole new direction you didn't see. I mean, example two, I had written this children's book on mental health topics we were getting ready to put out, and the illustrator I was working with, we decided it's going to be a children's series now, seven books. So this one book I had written, we're not even putting out, and I already have a children's entrepreneurship book that I haven't put out, Instead, we went ahead with the all-age mental health resource.
1: That and that's a good. lesson in entrepreneurship and also in life, right? Being open to the way that things shift, evolve. Um, yeah, things fall apart. Things aren't predictable by nature, and um, you just got to be open and, and flow with it. Absolutely. Especially as an entrepreneur, right? Otherwise, you if you you're dwelling on things that didn't work out, you miss out on what's right in front of you, and that could be some of it could be completely different, but also completely beautiful. So.
0: I couldn't agree with you more, but I know you have such big dreams. Evan. five years out. What are we seeing from you?
1: Yeah, man, I'd love like perhaps to be a platform that people recognize, you know, like, you know, in, in different places outside, like the area that I'm working in now, but in, in California and in, in the East coast of the US in, in Australia and, and in Europe, I think, um, you know, I'd love for it to be something that's um, well-recognized and people realize the importance of, of what we're trying to do and also those books that those kids books in from Columbia and the indigenous school here that are being read by people in all different parts of the world. So then when their parents are reading those stories, they, um, they ask questions about, Oh, what are these kids? Where is that from? And it starts to open up an important dialogue. So, um, yeah, just, just still growing and hopefully yeah, um, healthy, happy and surrounded by good people and good relationships.
0: I love that. I think it's a great time to get to the spotlight story here, Evan, for each episode I share the entrepreneurial journey of an entrepreneur in the spotlight to inspire our listeners, and I would love to hear your take on it. For today's episode, we're listening to the journey of Kanosuke Matsushita. The journey here, true entrepreneur success story. He was a 23-year-old apprentice at the Osaka Electric Light Company in 1917 with no formal education. However, he found a way to improve the light socket. He began making samples in his basement because his boss still wasn't interested story with many entrepreneurs other people aren't satisfied when you're trying to push your initiatives he next expanded to a battery-powered bicycle lamp along with other electronics and Matsushita Electric which is now known as Panasonic is worth 66 billion dollars Evan what do you like best about this story
1: yeah there's uh, two things there one like no formal education I don't think that should be something that stops you if you've got the passion and yeah, there's many ways especially now to learn things so um, that shouldn't be something that stops you, and then also, you know, his boss wasn't interested in that. But, um, you know, there's gonna be many times on the journey where people aren't interested or aren't engaged by something. But if you believe in it, and you feel that, you know, it's um adds, you know, adds value to your life, and and you can add value to many other people's lives. Then you gotta you gotta go with it and persist with it, and um, and that's exactly what he did. So he didn't let um, the doubters and and get in the way.
0: Evan. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. I know the listeners are going to see all the value in your show. I really enjoyed how you're such a philanthropist and while you're doing such successful work, you're still finding time to do the right work as well. I think that's a lesson that needs to be spread through entrepreneurship because no matter how good things may be going for you or the people you know, other people still need help or some resources like you're providing in Bogota. I also loved how you emphasized balancing your finance, how time and energy are just as exhausting as money. Mm And your choice of entrepreneur, I think that was a great one and exactly what I was expecting from you. But it is time for the last word. And I also do this on my other podcast series, A Mental Health Break with Vincent A. Lancey too, because I want my listeners to really get to know the guests I bring on. Is there something you would like to share with everybody listening that we did not get to touch on yet today?
1: I think just from you know, what I'm talking about in terms of happy business and, and business plan a role, I think like businesses of all sizes can make small choices, small changes that can have huge, big shift. And also people of all ages and all backgrounds can, can make, you know, simple choices that have a big impact, whether that's, you know, spending their money of businesses that are doing cool things, whether it's, you know, the choices they make multiple times every single day has a huge impact. And, you know, we're not um, victims, we're creators. In and each, in, in each moment we have a choice. So I think that's um, important.
0: Love it. Will you please share your professional social media website or any ways for our listeners to follow your endeavors or request your services?
1: Yep. You can uh, learn more about Hapsley at Hapsley.com. So that's H-A-P-Z-L-Y.com. And you can, that's that's the same Instagram handle Hapsley. And um, you can also find a bit more about my my books and whatnot speaking at evansutter.com.
0: Thank you for sharing all that. Be sure to check out his content and his website evansutter.com. And it is social media time for the show and we're on whichever platform you like to use. We're at what it's really like to be an entrepreneur on LinkedIn at your favorite morning podcast on Instagram and Facebook, and at Podcasts by Lancey on Twitter, so you have updates from this show and a mental health break with Vincent A. Lancey. If you check out my books, DM me. I would love to hear from you all. We have Mister Lancey talks mental health, Left for Dead: A Story of Redemption, and How to Transform Your Mindset When the Norm Is Changed. All are on my website now, which is vincentalancey.com. And as always, I will end the show with a quote that inspired me and know it will for you too. And this one is from the entrepreneur from today's Spotlight story where he said, one must be cautious of tempting offers that may not derive from the best of intentions. Thanks for listening. And I'll see you all on the next episode of What It's Really Like to Be an Entrepreneur.